Hello again everybody, this is uh, Jason Powers. Today, in our 75th episode, we will discuss the larger issue as it relates to the disconnect between rational citizens that attempted at every turn to listen to their leaders during the past 16-18 months. The issue of power in D.C. has used manipulation, uh, manipulation tactics, as by now the COVID pandemic was a way to usher in authoritarian and communistic measures against the American people through corporate fascism and the D.C. agencies ignoring their jobs and outsourcing their mechanisms of censorship and data gathering. Find all that lies China. This is a Friday episode, uh, my 75th episode. Um, it's been an interesting uh, learning aspect for me. I'm not a radio voice. I don't have that deep, well-intentioned voice that tells you exactly what to buy and what to do. Um, I'm not going to sell you anything I mean, other than maybe uh, hope that you'll uh, take a look at the things I write about and discuss. And I appreciate you know anyone who does that. But uh, beyond that, so today we're going to kind of go down a uh, rabbit hole. The Epoch Times um, posted a, uh, a trailer to their uh, video about Ron DeSantis' ability or his handling of uh, the COVID uh, crisis, the uh, COVID pandemic, and we'll get into that later. So I'm going to go ahead and play, play a clip, the entire clip of that because I think it's important, and I posted a link to it on um, uh, from Odyssey. DeSantis boasting last month about what great shape Florida was in. A ticking time bomb for viral spread. People are going to die because of decisions that were made by Ron DeSantis in Florida. We're already seeing states like Louisiana and Florida start to have surges. That decision was reckless. It is a big gamble. Governor, what has gone wrong with the rollout of the vaccine? Obviously, Florida has faced media barrages nonstop. I watched it unfold every day in the newscasts. But only now did I begin to appreciate what he has had to face on a daily basis. Really, you have, he's wanting more space and safety. What does that mean? 
that uh, they, we don't have security with the, with the COVID. I think because Florida did it more rationally, we struck a much better balance. We did better on health outcomes than most of these lockdown states. I won't call him a data won't, but the decisions that he made are not just impulsive. He knows what he wants to do. He wants to do the right things. So what is the truth? DeSantis seems to receive a large amount of support from diverse communities, but he's also been much criticized. Behind all the punditry, what's the real story? We begin tonight with the growing concern as the toll from that deadly coronavirus now grows. 2020. I could never have imagined how this year would unfold. In its early months, the Chinese regime imposed draconian lockdowns in Wuhan and across China. The city of Wuhan, where the outbreak began, all trains and planes out of that city halted. Then governments worldwide followed suit. As of today, all but a handful of states have issued stay-at-home orders in an effort to keep people safe. After a month of strict lockdowns, in many places there was still no end in sight. But in Florida, something quite different was underway. Governor Ron DeSantis announced Florida is ready to take the first step. First step, phase one into reopening on May 4th. We will never do any of these lockdowns um, again. So what made DeSantis reverse course just one month after instituting a lockdown? What was going through his mind when he made this decision? To understand the full story of Florida's unique response to COVID, I sat down with the governor at his office in Tallahassee. The lockdowns were really a departure from what the typical scientific recommendations had been for pandemics. It was a panic-driven approach. If what DeSantis was saying was true, what fueled the panic? It was appropriate, given that we didn't know, shut things down for what was originally a 15-day period. And there were reasons why the shutdown uh, would have been useful. Dr. Scott Atlas is a health public policy expert and one of DeSantis's key COVID advisors. The initial inclination to let's let's prevent hospitals from being overcrowded. I think everyone bought into it for two reasons. Number one, fear. Fear is very powerful and they bought into it because it was temporary. For 15 days, most people thought that would be a very small price to pay to get things sort of under control and uh, have some handle on how to proceed. Italy is locking down more regions as hospitals struggle to contain the spread of the coronavirus. Well, what happened was there was a gradual but very dramatic change in the goal. We really have a choice to make right now as a nation. Uh, do we want to go the way of Italy and see our numbers increase rapidly? Or do we want to go the way of South Korea and China, who aggressively leaned in the mitigation measures. It shifted from stopping hospitals from being overcrowded into, we better stop all cases. I would like to see a dramatic diminution of the personal interaction that we see in restaurants and in bars. Whatever it takes to do that, that's what I'd like to see. I am a health policy expert. I've been doing this for 17 years. You don't just look at the disease, you have to look at the consequence of what you do to mitigate or help reduce the impact of the disease. Dr. Scott Atlas is not the only one who questioned the lockdown approach. The idea that the lockdown could stop the disease from spreading altogether in a place where it's already relatively widespread. That is the central, most pernicious thing that came out of 
the Chinese experience with this. Huge numbers of Western governments copied that. So what was the alternative to lockdowns? Yeah, what was the alternative to lockdowns? Um, from the very outset, um, and many others like me, felt that there should have been a bifurcated approach, which means that you handle it in two different ways. Many people, and we know a vast majority of people under the age of 60, were obviously un, in, uh, minorly impacted. In fact, the disease at least uh, bears out the statistical analysis shows that this was less um, COVID-19 or SARS-CoV-2 or the Wu flu or Kung flu or however you want to uh, label this particular uh, nuance of a coronavirus, uh, coronavirus was ostensibly harmless uh, to people under the age of 60, like about a point, point 0.1 to point 0.2% percent uh, mortality rate, which was uh, uh, comparatively compares uh, well with uh, the seasonal flu. Unfortunately, for the people over the age of 60s with comorbidities, uh, particularly heart and respiratory issues, uh, due to the fact that this virus attacks the ACE2 receptor and uh, it was genetically engineered to be that way, um, we should be um, skeptical of how everything was handled. But the propaganda got ginned up immediately by people who were involved, such as the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, who had employed uh, Neil Ferguson to uh, launch a, uh, a model that was used, um, the Ferguson model out of uh, Imperial College, where it just so happened that that month uh, the Gates Foundation provided a $79.5 million grant to them, which later turned into a new department at Imperial College, of which Neil Ferguson was uh, task forced, uh, tasked to head up. Um, if you can't see the obvious dots there, I can't explain it anymore to you. But that is that is just one minute piece of this puzzle. This was a, a part of a larger agenda. However, some people still haven't seen that seen fit to to address it that way because, of course, uh, we're in the minority. So the next clip I'm gonna play here is from Zuby and uh, Ivor Cummings, who are skeptics too. Well, they're skeptical of the lockdowns, obviously, uh, but. I'll let them talk. It's just a, it's a brief uh, sample of what they think. If he was worried, don't worry about it. It's another swine flu. Maybe a, it'll be a lot worse, but it's mm. not going to be worse than a very severe flu. And we know from the Chinese data and the Diamond Princess, it's going to be enormously tilted towards people uh, at life expectancy age. So it's sad, but we're not going to be affected. Uh, but then the lockdowns came in and I thought, hold on a minute. These don't make any technical sense because of the nature of viral transmission. And they just got worse and worse. And in Ireland, they would not take away the lockdowns after the season collapsed naturally. Mm -hmm. And then I realized, okay, there's something really weird here. So I began to interview people, engineers and medical people on this. And uh, I just began to explore it. But I was very careful not to understate the problem. But as the months went by and it got crazier and crazier, I got more and more aggressive. And you've probably mm. seen me in the last few months. I'm, I'm quite aggressive because I'm absolutely outraged, to be quite yes. honest, of what's happening. Mm. Have you been surprised by how few people, how little outrage there is? I mean, that's one of the things that's shocked me the most over the past year and a half, actually, is the lack of 
outrage, right? How easily people are bending over and complying and rolling over, even at this stage now, right? I can understand. I can have some compassion at the early stage. Okay, something brand new comes. People don't have a lot of information. It's scary. Certain numbers are going out there, etc. Um, but at this stage we're in right now in June 2021, and here in the UK, you've still got people saying that it's too early to, uh, you know, June 21st is too early to end some oh, of the restrictions. And I... so there again, there's the there's the issue. And this is an international um, part of the COVID, and they get into the con- uh, context of you know the response of the greater Western world, which followed in compliance to the lockdown agenda that the Chinese had set. It's quite entertaining that uh, the Western world decided to use China as a model for this, and that wasn't by accident. That was actually quite intentional, I think, at least in my in my belief. Not only was it, I mean, the awareness level wasn't as, as particularly entertaining as it is the fact that I think uh, many of the, the, the key uh, p- players in this have some kind of Chinese interest in terms of financial interest, business interest, and or... Uh, staffing uh, they've deployed people that are closely aligned with the CCP the CCP has about 2 million spies around the world that's been noted by uh, Australian News, Sky News in particular uh, Sherry Markson is one of the one of the people that have uh, discussed that and if you think I, I mean I have delved into this as deeply as somebody like Ivor Cummings I wrote a book on this, I've spent a lot of time processing information. I'm a systems person in general, and I think like that. I mean, an engineering background does that. You try to lay out and uh, come up with a flow, a process. Well, this is exactly what this was about. It was a military operation uh, on, the, on, a, on a grand scale, uh, driven by powers that be from Washington, D.C. to Beijing, and the World Economic Forum, at least in my my estimation, uh, because they all kind of coordinated well, very well together. Uh, the D.C. operation uh, of the agencies in particular, the CDC, the FBI, um, I say the FBI because, as it turned out, they stood down on, on the violence that happened over the summer uh, at the behest of William Barr, who was connected very well back to uh, Kirkland Ellis, who happened to be connected back to Dominion. Uh, there's a number of players in this, and we're never going to know the exact conversations, but it certainly seems that like somebody like Barr, who was connected to the military, um, they were all telling Trump to, no, 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 we can't respond to uh, any riots or whatnot that were right on the, on the heels of the COVID lockdown. So you had people who had shut down their businesses and then you had these riots springing up in all these major metropolitan areas that caused further chaos, further destruction, kept people away, chased people away when the virus had, uh, let's just say, run its normal course when it comes to seasonal outbreaks and seasonal the seasonality of uh, coronaviruses. Flu, uh, flu deaths don't happen over the summertime. They just don't in the northern hemisphere <clears throat> so that that became a extra layer of of military operation that it just so happened that they used one death in minneapolis to gin up an entire two billion dollar damage uh to businesses at least two million two billion dollars estimated 
and there was at least 30 deaths attached to this, and there was a host of other uh, knock-on effects. And as Catherine Austin Fitz, another uh, person who's been uh, uh, analyzing this, she noted that in particular in the video, and I'll put a link in the description, that 34 of the 37 um, uh, cities uh, just so happen to be attached to what are these 34 cities are attached where uh, the the Fed operates. See the federal the the your uh, your Fed has twelve loca four uh, twelve uh, locations around the country. There's a St. Louis Fed. There's like a Pennsylvania or a Philadelphia Fed. There's a San Francisco Fed, etc. etc. And each one of those has three subsidiary sites of major metropolitan areas. And it just so happens that most of the riots sprung up in the same areas. Well, there was a bill that was passed around 2017-2018 attached to tax and incentivizations. There were uh, opportunity zones created in these cities. And as she pointed out or she reflected on, and I haven't looked at all her analysis, but I trust I trust that she's good to her work because she's been in this business for 30-plus years, starting with uh, the George W. Bush administration as, a, as she was a, a secretary, assistant secretary at HUD. She noted that those opportunity zones where they had been interested in providing uh, loans and and, uh, startup capital for minority businesses in major metro areas were attacked. They were specifically specifically attacked. All the riots, all the damage was done in those areas to destroy those businesses. And then, of course, the big billionaires and all the big corporations came in behind it and bought those lands up. We've seen it uh, or heard about it recently with BlackRock. Uh, Sticks Hexenhammer 666 brought that on, uh, on board uh, today. He did a video on it because he was uh, criticizing Ben Shapiro. This is corporatism. This isn't capitalism. But more importantly, it's disaster capitalism that's being deployed against our citizenry, against the American people by American multinational corporations, or rather, I don't even know if I want to call them American anymore. They're just multinational corporations uh, because the Chinese Communist Party has been buying up assets in these corporations. They're pushing the objective. They bought up Hollywood. They bought up Disney. Uh, They've made deals with uh, Major League Baseball. They've made deals with Coca-Cola. And you notice who's gone woke. This is a this is a attack on our country. These are military operations against our country, based upon the fact that they are they're using asymmetric hybrid warfare. I know that's a complicated term, and it's a very complicated. It's a mixture of it's using it's using techniques to not actually engage in warfare, but it's a subtle subversion and manipulation and undermining infiltration of your of organizations to poison them to turn them against each other, to divide and conquer the, 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 the inner workings, to chase, the, chase good people away and install, install malevolent forces inside these corporations and tack them towards a certain country, in this case China, or purposes. And those multinational corporations, though, are also um, beholden to and or work with our D.C. agencies, which are... I think ostensibly a very uh, evil organizations anymore. We know the the things that are coming out of the military officers. We know the things that are coming out of the 
the FBI that they thought like uh, yesterday there was a, a war room pandemic. I'll give a shout out to them in the National Pulse. Um, they noted that uh, that when they had Matt Gates on, he had done a uh, briefing with Christopher Ray, and Christopher Ray had mentioned that it was a counter. He thought Dr. Lee Mignon, who came over in May of 2020, was a counterintelligence uh, uh, asset. They didn't think they didn't find her credible. But the reality probably is, is that they were purposely labeling her that way so they didn't have to entertain what she had to say. And who was it? Who's in charge of the FBI at that time? William Barr. William Barr was a CIA operative back in the 1970s. He came he came he came to fruition after I think he attended Georgetown. He came to fruition under the George Herbert Walker Bush CIA and he later worked for George Herbert Walker Bush as his attorney general. He also worked in the 1980s for the Reagan administration. He has a very long history with the Bushes. And the Bushes have hated hated Trump, hated MAGA. They are a globalist objective. I mean for for Christ's sake, uh George Herbert was a, a was an ambassador to China starting in the 70s. He was a UN, he worked at the UN. So the whole United World, New World Order kind of objective, the Kissinger, the Mika, or not Mika, but the uh, uh, Brzezinski model, and you could even call the Bushes, and Bush, George Herbert was all about the New World Order back in the early 90s, and the UN has uh, been driving a lot of this behind the scenes. I know a lot of people don't believe in these grand conspiracies, but they do exist. They've been, and, and China wants to be, at the be at the head of the table they're gutting the united states our dc people are selling us down the river bannon has preached this over and over and over again and i'm maybe regurgitating some of his talking points but i'm also trying to fill in some uh data and information that i found and other people have found uh there's been sh uh people like today i have received some from a, a user um on the national pulses discord who provided some uh, information about Chinese uh, investments in uh, in Indiana, and uh, I think I think that person did a hell of a job, and she's going. They're going down a road to to uh, to uh, illuminate that. I won't mention her name, but you know she's a she. I I already let that out, so I apologize for that. But I don't think it's really uh, um, unusual to discuss that. So. I always saw this whole entire scenario through the lens of uh, of uh, coercion. We were coerced from last fall, or last not last fall, last spring. Seems it's just been so long. But uh, I had put together a chart re regarding that, that you know, based upon all the things that were going on and why they were being used. And this is the Biederman's chart of coercion, which is about uh, getting people conforming. Humiliating people, stressing them out, isolating them, uh, getting compliance, offering indulgences, creating resentment, creating exhaustion, uh, being disruptive, and obviously creating fear. And and through fear, you can uh, you know you're using uh, threats and you're offering indulgences for compliance, and also like our government has 
uh, oh so often told us with uh, their knowledge and ex acceptance like uh, dear Fauci who has uh, uh, decided that he is science as uh, Raheem Kassam has said uh, omnipotence uh, omnipotence which is you know the ability to see everything and know everything and be everything to everyone it's uh, you know it's cluster B on overdrive it's megalomania it's it's uh, antisocial personality disorder. I've noticed that the left is, has really latched on to this psychosis that they're incorporating, and it's dangerous because it's in D.C., and that they have they've made, they, they see they have to have a target, and you can call it the Salinsky technique of uh, targeting uh, Trump. Trump is, the, Trump is the masthead of this, and the American public the general American public who pay taxes and go to work and want to have a have business and have their lives be the way they have been for the last hundred years or whatever, however long you want to put that out there. Um, there's been this tactic and objective to uh, to you know they want to tear him down because as I came up with this hypothesis, real uh, uh, hypothesis, I, uh, this concept uh, that he is the last. Uh, at this point, he is our last capitalist pre present. He wanted to reinvigorate free market capitalism, allowing people to control their own lives, and he created a good job market. He created jobs and opportunity. There were more jobs than there were people to fill them as of basically January 2020 before things started to, to, uh, to, to crater and collapse under the weight of uh, the 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 maliciousness and the malevolence of the Chinese Communist Party plus DC, his agencies, the people in that people in that town that hate him so much, are nothing but evil. Nancy Pelosi, they all need to be arrested and they all need to be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. But we don't have a we don't have judges, we don't have investigators, we don't own them. They're owned by these multinational corporations who have divorced themselves from ethics and scruples. I mean, I don't know how you can go to law school anymore and actually talk about ethics when you don't even practice any of them. They've divorced themselves from reality. I know some of them have have um, discussed that, well, because of Trump's uh, immorality, I don't have to follow any rules. And I love, I love, the, I love the concept of linking their behavior to a president which is quite entertaining considering they didn't do that with Bush or Obama who actually did malicious things to the Constitution and malicious things to the American people by lying about who did uh, what on 9-11 uh, and engaging us in immoral wars overseas and costing us thirty to 50,000 American lives and, and trillions in treasure and and probably killed somewhere between 600,000 to a million Iraqis in the process. I don't know of anyone who doesn't. And then add to that to Tony Blair, who has been uh, um, been like a, a seal uh, out there talking about this New World Order agenda, along with Prince Charles and all the English uh, magnates and whatnot. Uh, these people have done their damnedest to destroy the Western world through their stupidity, their absolute uh, uh, avoidance of, of responsibility for their actions.
But of course they can't be held to accountable. The only way that could happen is through revolution. And that's sad to say, but it's true. Because the only way you can hold these immoral, illegal, reprehensible human beings to account is it should have been done a long time ago. And I and then the sad thing is is there is no international criminal court that works because the international criminal court has has got seats on it by uh, bad actors. Uh, the UN is filled with that. Matter of fact, I think the uh, World Health Organization recently put Syria on their on their board for fuck's sake when it comes to uh, handling uh, pandemics and whatnot. We're talking about people. I mean. Syria, the same way with uh, China. China was appointed to the World Health Organ or the UN's uh, Human Rights Council uh, last year, I think in May of 2020. China was being put on the the UN board for that. You know, of course, the United Nations is a communist organization. It's evil. I mean, they've 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 come out and said they don't want the United States to exist. We're under direct threat, and we're under direct attack from international forces who hate this country and we're under direct assault from our own Washington, D.C. body politic who have determined that we are nothing but a bunch of morons who don't understand them. Oh, we understand them. Many of us understand them better than they, they would ever want us to understand them. And there's people out there that know, know about that far deeper than I do. They know their conversations. They know what they think about. They know how they treat other human beings. Um, the D.C. is, I mean, Biden, Biden, Biden is exactly, I guess you could say, Biden represents everything bad about Washington, D.C., down to the very instance of racism, of manipulation, corruption, being bought, having a shitty family, the whole nine yards of that. That's all Biden. That's going to be his. That's going to be his lasting legacy, and I'm going to make sure of that. I'll put it in pen. And I'll put it in videos. I want him to be. He'll want him to go down as the worst president, the worst one, of the worst world leaders that has ever existed ever. He should. He should have never been anywhere near executive power, even under as a vice president. And Barack Obama, of course, I know is pulling his strings, but. Biden is the titular head of this this criminal enterprise that has become Washington D.C. He is the he is the epitome of everything that's disreputable about D.C. agencies. The fact that you have Tony Fauci who's still talking smack after fifty years of being in a, in in his position or being in the NIAD and NIH uh, department. And he's been the head of the NIAD, AID, the uh, National Institute of of Infectious Diseases since the uh, since 1984, which just so happened to be the same time that uh, AIDS became hot. And he was the one pushing drugs back then. And he's tied to drug issue uh, drug issuance under vaccines this time too. He's nothing but a parasite. He's an 80 year old parasite, narcissistic parasite. He's never done a damn, damn thing for anybody except try to build his reputation. And um, again, the National Pulse found a nice little find from 20 years ago regarding his uh, talks and conversations on C-SPAN, which uh, led led many to believe that he's he's always he should have gotten out of the business a long time ago. And that was back when he was 60. 
So you can only imagine how how uh, evil he's become since that time. Uh, uh, shortly after that uh, uh, interview on C or uh, C-SPAN, uh, he uh, became uh, very closely aligned with uh, Bill Gates in 2003, and then he got appointed to his uh, Decade of Vaccines board in 2010. So you know who this guy is. You don't need me to go any further than that. And I know this seems like a rant, but the uh, only thing that we can do as an American people is we need to operate as fast and as quickly as possible to take back over our states, our local uh, counties, our st- school boards, any state government position that we can get involved in. And you need as many American patriots to get civically involved in these institutions and turn around this shit. Because if you don't stop these people from educating or educating, I shouldn't even say educate, poisoning our kids with this hatred of themselves, of their parents, of our society, of other human beings, you're going to grow up. You're going to have a little, little. You're going to have a generation of little monsters that ostensibly shouldn't be alive because they are there. They will destroy this country, and this is what the Chinese Communist Party wants. They hate us. They hate us so bad. They've resented us forever and a day. They've written it in their military operations that they want the American people submitted. They've said that. They don't want us to live. They don't even want us to be here. They they are not joking and they're not playing. People need to get that where I'm not trying to say that the people are bad. I'm saying the Communist Party is bad. And there's 90 million of them which isn't a small group of this that isn't a small group. Now granted of those 90 million there's probably only about 10,000 of them that really matter. When I say really matter, those are the people at the very top, the top echelon that make the policy, run cities, run, you know, run everything. Everything is Pareto related when it comes to um when you're looking at power. Power as it goes up the chain of command. Those people have the most influence. So Xi Jinping obviously is the is the head of the head of the party right now, and he has been since 2012. And he took he he is a mentor is Xi Jinping, who happens to be uh, happens to be good buddies with uh, the father of Elaine Chao, who happens to be married to Mitch McConnell. So I know that seems like no big deal, but it is significant because. Somebody like Xi Jinping, who has a grandson who runs a organization that uh, uh, own, uh, co-owns with uh, Bill Gates, a a, uh, a company out in uh, Seattle called Schrodinger, which is involved in uh, COVID nineteen and does partnerships with Gilead uh, Sciences. So you figure it out. Who's involved with Remdesivir? This is all spider webs. There's always a cutout in the mechanism. There's always a couple steps, but it's usually only a couple steps removed. But you can see how the spider links out. I mean, one person does a reach out. It's a phone call. Or they call their sister, and then this, their sister calls them. This is all family interconnected and relationship-driven. Um, the people at the very top use their minions to go out and do this shit. They, or they blackmail, or they go out and gather data. The Chinese Communist Party has been doing this for years. They've been stealing from the United States of America their innovations. Because the Chinese Communist Party, A, aren't very creative. And they know that it's easier to steal than it is to actually do any hard work themselves. Uh, their populace isn't trained that way. Their ch- populace is probably 
uh, ten times more indoctrinated than the American public. But they're trying to they're trying to they're trying to change that. And of course, they, they you know if you're a, if you're running a criminal organization, you know what your sales pitch is to keep people in line. There's uh, there's threats, and then there's uh, incentives. Oh, you can move up, or once we get what we want, then you will will we'll, we'll, things will improve or get better. So, for example, if they say once we dominate the world, all you people will have middle class wealth and society, and everything will go will open up and we'll be free, and they'll be submitted. That never works. That never happens because the people that are the People, once they have control, never want to relinquish it. That's why there's such a fragile balance. There's a stability point where people are supposed to work together to accomplish something. That's the way it's always been in America. Has it always worked? Of course not. No, no situation involving people is always going to be perfect. And yes, there's been imbalances historically in the, around the world, no matter where you live. We have finally, had, I'll say this. The way I look at it, the way I look at history, I think right before um, Clinton took office or right around 2000 was probably the high point of, of American uh, liberty, of, uh, of finally coming to terms with their past. But of course, they couldn't have us rest in stasis. We could have taken a different direction from that point forward. And I'm not saying that we should uh, we shouldn't have allowed the World Trade Organization to uh, uh, induct or bring in China. This should have never been a World Trade Organization. F that. F all world organizations. All these world organizations need to be destroyed, um, or certainly need to be um, uh, unrolled for, unenrolled from. We don't need their shit. We don't need their power. We don't need their power plays. Because all they do is gang up on us uh, as a, a United States people. And, that, and one of the worst things about it is they use these cutouts like the European unions to, to criticize us. And I'm thinking, what kind of malevolent bunch of group of crybabies that Europeans have turned into, especially at the top? I'm not talking about the people in general. I'm talking about, uh, and I'm using this as an example of how the UN is just a pile of garbage. Uh, and, and there are other bodies and, and they, they influence. So the European Union evidently came out and recently said that they would rather deal with China than deal with the United States. And all I can say is, you know, the only reason why you still have a, a Europe is because of the United States. So thank you very little for your cooperation. Uh, you know, because if it hadn't have been for the United States, you would still be under German rule. You'd still have Nazism running around. Uh, the French would have been submitted. The British could have just gone the way, gone away right then and there. You know, we didn't have to help you. We didn't have to help you at all. We were in isolation. The biggest problem with the the country, our, our country as a whole, has been that we've had to involve ourselves in international uh, politics. One of the worst things about it is we probably could have just stayed the hell out and just let everybody else do what they wanted. And we would have been such a powerful nation and just watch everybody else burn themselves up. That could have been that could have been what we could have done. We could have done that in World War One. We should have done that in World War One. That was a European war. But we were dragged into it by uh, European forces that wanted to make money off of us and also wanted us to uh, you know come in and 
it's always about money. There's always some. A, 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 there's always an ulterior motive. They use the press and the propaganda and the financial dealings that they're align themselves towards, like Schmed, Schmedley Butler has has entertained. So, looking at all that, uh, that's where the European Union is right today. They're they're in NATO. They were pissed off because Trump made them pay a little bit more money towards their military armaments. It's like, well. Um, I think it is kind of entertaining that the United States is supposed to pay 5% of the, the freight uh, while everybody else in there was playing like 1%. And all he was asking for was them to pony up the same amount of money that if they were so worried about their military security, they sure as hell should pony up part of their budget. The United States has been footing the freight for a lot of people around the world for a long time. You know, and do I think... Uh, do I think we should have been involved in these foreign war, wars? Uh, obviously not, and I am a veteran, but that doesn't mean mean that I did anything spectacular. But many veterans have felt the same way. We got drugged into stupid wars by stupid people in Washington, D.C., and they keep on doing it over and over and over again. Biden's going to do the same fucking thing if he, if he stays around long enough. And I say stay around long enough just as, you know, he's 80 years old. He's going to, you know... He's falling to pieces in right in front of us. So, and last but not least, he so he entered. I'll, I'll end on this note. So, evidently, uh, Jura Hedge posted Biden says not going to hold back and expect expect a tense Putin meeting White House. So, I'm going to read part of this and we'll go and then I'll close out for today. The U.S. continues to downplay the expectations for the upcoming summit between President Biden and Russian President Vladimir Putin that is scheduled for June 16th in Geneva. The media comes as the U.S.-Russia relations are at their lowest point since the Cold War, despite the dangerous path the two largest nuclear powers are on. I don't know if they're the two largest anymore. I mean, Russia's crap is falling apart, and ours is not much, uh, not far, much further behind. The Biden administration doesn't seem interested in any dip- diplomatic break- breakthroughs. We are not expecting to have a huge outcome from this, White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki of the summit of the summit in an interview with ABC. Saki made it clear that Biden will take a confrontational approach to the meeting. Oh, yes, Mr. Confrontational uh, Jello Pudding Man. He's going to be straightforward. He's going to be candid. He's not going to hold back. <laughs> yeah, she would say that. She's such a stupid bitch. President Biden also made his hostile approach known in comments on Wednesday from the U.K., I'm heading to the G7, then to the national uh, NATO uh, ministerial, and then to meet with Putin to let him know what I, I want him to know. <laughs> to let him know what I want him to know. Ain't that a crock of shit? He said, earlier this year, Biden agreed that he believed Putin was a killer who had no soul. Well, then what does he think about Xi Jinping? He said that he doesn't have a democratic bone in his body, yet he wants to turn us over to him like, he's, like, a, like we're a dinner steak. Uh, as Ben Garrison did an excellent comic on that. Sorry, I'm getting sidetracked. Beside the rhetoric, the Biden administration has slapped sanctions on on Russia, supporting Ukraine during a tense standoff over Crimea and Don, uh, Donbas, and has sent warships warships into the Black Sea. Meanwhile, he lets Nord Stream two uh, the deal go on through, while killing Keystone uh, our Keystone pipeline. Fucking idiot. 
In the meantime, former President Donald Trump on Thursday wished President Biden luck in his upcoming uh, good luck in his upcoming meeting with Russia pre- uh, President Vladimir Putin, and it also encouraged him to stay awake. <laughs> oh, leave it to Trump. Trump is the uh, Trump is the master presidential troll. So anyway, this whole nuclear arms control bullshit is just is just a stupid. I mean. Do I think Putin is anybody that anyone wants to really deal with? No, but at least Putin doesn't have a critical race theory and and gender bending going on in his country. So he's doing a he's doing one step above us in terms of that that particular regard. So I'm gonna close out for the day. I've rambled on. I went off on a Steve Bannon esque rant. Um, I hope everybody out there realizes that they're they have to fight fight back against this uh, this uh, communist overthrow of the United States from the people at the very top the AOCs, the Democratic Party, the rhinos who don't give a shit about anything but their money and their paychecks and, and their grift uh, all their dealings with China all their dealings with international bodies that they allow to steamroll them over because they, they think they're being politically astute, well, but in reality they're being politically weak and abhorrently stupid, or they're just compromised through some uh, some situation that they let themselves get into. They're garbage human beings, and yet the American people have to suffer for their you know, stupidity. Anyway, uh, I'll end it at that. I hope everybody is uh, safe out there. It's June 11th, 28 and 21. We're about three weeks away from the 4th of July. The celebration date, usually in our country. Uh, 1776 puts us at, what, 245 years. Had it inside of us, we would uh, make sure that uh, we uh, would push ahead and strive to be better as a, as a country and turn this turn this uh, situation around that we're facing. We need to transform this country uh, and become a stronger United States. So, God bless America and God save the world.